Welcome to That's Enough Out of You. I'm your host, Bill Rader, and my co-host is with me also, and that is Sean Cage. Sean, how's it going? Billy Raids, what's happening, my man? We're doing good today. We are doing good today. Weather's a little bit miserable out Terrible there. Terrible weather. We're, we're safe inside. Um, yeah, just, you know, typical Northeast Pennsylvania, April weather, just wet and cloudy and miserable and kind of makes us, uh, I don't know, makes us wish for the sun to come out, which it will soon enough. So nothing we'll happening be, up there in the, the rich section of town where you, where you are, buddy. Couple the rich from me. section of town. Yeah. You're up in the, you know, <laughs> you're in a big time up there, buddy on the hill. Oh yeah. Yeah. Up on, up on the hill overlooking everybody. Right. Pretty much buddy. And uh, we're doing good. We're doing good. And, uh, yeah, you know, typical family stuff going on. How about you? Same thing, buddy. Same thing. Yeah. Birthdays, all kind of stuff going on. Yeah. Never a dull yeah. moment, pal. Never, never. In fact, uh, it seems like the, the weekends are just kind of a five-minute break from, you know, from work, and then you're right back to it. So it doesn't. Weekends don't don't seem like uh, relaxing anymore. It's just no, constant. they fly by, and it's it's like you're working, buddy. You're always doing something. Always, yep. But I tell you, Bill. Uh, you know, we got a, a Lisa Peace put out uh, a pr- promo on her on her Facebook page promoting our last episode that was published, uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, she's been a great help. She always does that. And um, you know, Jim Diagenio commented on her page. Uh, he said uh, one of the best podcasts out there. And when I saw that, I'm like, man, that makes you feel pretty good when when. Jim D and, and Lisa Peace are out there uh, promoting for you. And Rick Otto has been doing the same thing, Bill. He's been promoting our, uh, every time I publish an episode, he'll put it out there and, and promote it. And that's great. You know, so it's great to have those, uh, you know, and Don McGovern sent me an email. I don't know if you've seen it. You were copied in on it. Yeah. Uh, he got some information. I don't know if he wants it released. So I didn't, I, I'm not going to say anything, but you know, he's still digging up more information and, uh, you know, still pounding Gianni Russo into the dirt, buddy. <laughs> yeah, these are all great guests, and we we want to have them all back as soon as as soon as possible. So, and we uh, got some big ones lined up, Billy. You we know, do. We, we got some big ones. We're going to be recording in the next couple of weeks. Uh, yep. We don't want to announce it, but uh, keep them coming, Billy. And and things are great, buddy. And uh, I just want to say, you know, we're still on Patreon. There, anybody that could uh, help us out, you know. Because uh, the the costs here of the, the, the um, you know the hosting sites and stuff, yeah, everything we get from Patreon we just put back in the business. And you know, even if you could just give a couple of bucks, you don't think it's helping? It is because it's it's building our membership bill, and and that helps get advertisers. You know, yeah. so any of that anybody can help on Patreon. You know, we got the websites going, Billy. Um, I just put an article up there on Carlos Marcello knocking out some of the myths because we had that question last time. You know, so uh, right now yeah. our highest rated articles on there are Marilyn Monroe and uh, Alan Dulles. Yeah. Yeah. The website is that's enough at you.com. There's no punctuation or anything. It's just that's enough at you.com. Go there and you can read all of Sean's blogs. He's got a bunch of them up there. I've got uh, some, some uh, stuff in the works. It's not up there yet, but it will be. Um, so still waiting are- on your hockey episode, your hockey, hockey, uh, Article. article that's that's coming that's coming because okay. hopkins is waiting for that buddy 
Oh, I know. I'm sure he, he's refreshing every five minutes waiting for the hockey article. <laughs> Huge hockey uh, fan. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we've got we've got all of our information on there, including links to our Patreon and links to the show. There's some clips uh, for the show. I keep saying I'm going to put more clips on there, and I and I will one of these days when I have spare time. Uh, but uh, it's it's all there. The website is kind of a nice uh, nice little one stop shop for all of our stuff. And then at some point, Sean, we're going to get some. I know people have been asking us for like merchandise and stuff like that with the logo. So we'll get that up there too. I know we're thinking about doing like stickers and t shirts and that kind of stuff. And we mugs. got the cups. Yep. Yep. So we'll get that. We'll, we're going to get there again. It's, you know, it's, it's a slow get, getting, uh, getting your own business going is, is a slow process. And, and any help that we can get from you guys from, from, you know, from our Patreon uh, is much appreciated just to kind of get us off the ground. And um, we're going to get, you know, eventually we want to offer some, some exclusive Patreon content. Also, we're, we're talking about that. So all that stuff is in the works. It's just, like I said, it's just a slow, kind of a slow process to get there, but we are, we're getting there. And continue to share the podcast, you know, spread the word. Um, We're all over social media, you know, pass it on to your friends and let's, uh, you know, build our, expand our base, Billy. Yeah. Yeah. And this is such a, a, a informative show that I think it's, it's important that people, you know, that we, that we share it. I mean, if you're, if you're enjoying the show, please make sure you're telling a friend that's, that's really what's going to help us out the most is word of mouth, right? Just tell people about it. Tell your friends, tell your family, Hey, there's this podcast I listen to, check it out. It's called that's enough out of you. And, uh, these two really cool guys are the hosts and they, they, uh, they give a lot of good information. So make sure you, you do that if you could for us. That's, that's probably the biggest thing. All right, Sean, we got a tremendous topic today. Very, very controversial figure in American history. And uh, we're going to talk about Malcolm X today. Well, Bill, uh, specifically, we're going to talk about the assassination of Malcolm X. And yeah. uh, it's another thing, Billy. Welcome to the shit show once again, buddy. It's the same thing yeah. all over again, you know, uh, a big load of garbage given by the government of what really happened. And, you know, the media does their part in, in sticking with the government official story. And, you know, it's just uh, another shit show, buddy. So well, as as Jesse, Jesse, the body said, the official story is uh, there to protect the officials. Yep. That's what that's all it is. So let's right. get into it, buddy. Let's do it. So the assassination of Malcolm X, February 21st, 1965, at the Audubon Ballroom in New York City. Now, Bill, I'm gonna I'm gonna quote the, the great author Jim Douglas, who uh he wrote a piece in the, the book The Assassinations, which was edited by uh, Lisa Peace and Jim Diogenio. And Jim Douglas described this assassination as um a collaboration of three entities. And he said there's three circles around Malcolm. Okay, so you had the closest circle, the inner circle in the conspiracy, which was the nation of Islam. Okay, then you had the the outer circle, which was the Bossy, which is the NYPD elite police intelligence unit. And then you had the farthest circle, hiding in the shadows like they always do, which is the the U.S. intelligence agencies, specifically the FBI through the COINTELPRO operation that we've been talking about, yep, and the CIA, of course. Okay, 
so this this one is a little bit more complicated, Bill, and and we're going to get into it. But um, Malcolm X basically becomes a national security threat, and we've seen this story before. And he he's targeted by COINTELPRO, which we talked about, you know, and in, in the Martin Luther King episode, you know, it was the FBI program that was there to disrupt, discredit, and destroy groups that they felt were a national security threat, including the civil rights movement. So what the FBI did is they put an infiltrator within the Chicago headquarters of the Nation Islam, which is they they always do that. They always put an infiltrator in. And that was done to widen the division that they're already trying to create between uh, Malcolm X and the leader of the Nation Islam at the time, Elijah Muhammad. Okay, and this this is typical, Bill, of, of the COINTELPRO. You know, this is what they did with Martin Luther King. They they did this. They would later do this with Freddie Hampton and the Black Panthers, which hopefully we'll have an episode on that later on down the road. Uh, but a typical tactic run by William Sullivan, who was the assistant director of the FBI, who ran the COINTELPRO operation for Jagger Hoover. And the FBI has been monitoring Malcolm X since 1950, Billy. Okay. And for, for those people who may not be as familiar with Malcolm X, you want to give like a very, very brief, uh, you know, just a kind of a description of who he was prior to becoming, um, you know, to, to being involved with the nation of Islam. Well, we're going to go over everything, Bill. we're going to get into a little bit of who he was, but he was, I mean, there's no other way to say it. He was an out and out radical bill. You know, yeah. he was, he was really, you know, heavily involved in the civil rights movement and, you know, um, when he gets involved with the nation of Islam, you know, Elijah Muhammad made him, you know, his intermediary to foreign revolutionaries. Okay. And this is when Bill, this is when he becomes a national security threat, you know, because he starts to meet with third world uh, diplomats at the UN. And, you know, one of them was um, uh, Sukarno, who we talked about in Indonesia. He met with him in Harlem. And he was already, Sukarno was already on the CIA's hit list, targeting uh, leaders for removal at this time. So when Malcolm meets with him. What year was that, Sean? We're talking the, we're, well, I mean, they've been modern since the 50s, but we're talking now, Bill, we're talking into the 60s now, the early 60s. Okay, because Malcolm was assassinated in 65, Bill. So the COINTELPRO starts really ramping up, you know, in, in the 60s against Malcolm. But they've been watching him since 1950, Bill intelligence agencies and and just because he was involved in in civil rights and he was so more radical than you know the Martin Luther Kings you know and and this is what and, made him a threat right and and for those who who may not know his story I mean he was he was a criminal he he was a drug dealer spent time in jail um prior to you know when he when he came out of jail and and got involved with with the nation of Islam well I guess what while he was in prison he did that and um, you know, really became uh, a spokes spokesperson, a lead. You know, he was a he was the one of the top leaders of that organization. Well, he was, and and we're going to see where you know it started that because of his popularity, because of his really celebrity status, it really this is where Elijah Muhammad started to really distrust Malcolm and and really was kind of jealous of him. And the FBI sees this bill, and they see where they could they could drive a wedge between it. Because they're more afraid of Malcolm than they are of Elijah Muhammad, mm-hmm. and Elijah okay. Muhammad was was the leader of the the, the right. nation. Right at the time, he was, yes. and and 
you know, the bossy, the police intelligence unit, which they, they nicknamed like the little uh, CIA, they called them. They worked hand in hand with the CIA and, and they would plan an operative in, in Malcolm's security team. And as the FBI's COINTELPRO operation uh, made the split between Malcolm and Elijah get even, it just, they got, they made it worse than it really was because that was part of their plan. And, and the thing is, Bill, Malcolm X was an out and out radical. There's no doubt about that. And he started to believe that, you know, the nation of Islam talked a tough game with a lot of rhetoric, but far too often they were inactive. And he's, you know, he, he was starting to feel that way. So, and then you also had, like I talked about, Elijah Muhammad uh, was kind of jealous of Malcolm's celebrity status, you know, but it really, Bill, in 1963, November 22nd, when JFK is assassinated, uh, Malcolm X made a statement. He said, um, the chickens have come home to roost after the assassination. And this is what really, really ramped up the, the split with, with Elijah Muhammad, because Elijah was furious that Malcolm would say this. And a lot of people took this the wrong way. Um because I think what Malcolm was talking about, Bill, is when he says chickens come home to roost, he's talking about what we talked about on this podcast, that assassination regime changing unit that Alan Dulles set up, taking out leaders all over the world in Africa, in places, you know, trying to do it in Indonesia, in places where Malcolm now, as intermediary to the foreign revolutionaries, was talking to these leaders and finding out what the CIA and Dulles and them, them guys were doing. And this is what I think he meant by that comment, Bill, is it came, it, the, the killing machine that Dulles started came home and killed our commander in chief. And that's what I think Malcolm was talking about. But, but Elijah Muhammad and a lot of other people took that comment to mean it was something, you know, negative toward JFK. You understand what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So, you know, um, what happens is after that, Elijah Muhammad silences Malcolm for 90 days and he wouldn't let him talk to the press. And the FBI sees this as a golden opportunity, Bill. So they try to turn Malcolm as an informant, actually, and he turns him down. And but so after he does that, the FBI really ramps up their disinformation campaign and they start really spreading a lot of rumors, putting it in Elijah's head that Malcolm's, you know, eventually going to try to take him out. So Elijah makes the same first move and he, he sanctions a hit on Malcolm X. And one of Malcolm's own officials at, the, at his mosque was ordered to wire Malcolm X's car to explode when it started. And, but he refused to do it, Bill. And he told Malcolm in a plot. So on March 8, 1964, Malcolm announces that he's leaving the nation of Islam. Okay. And when he did, Bill, he took the high ground, Bill. He didn't blast Elijah Muhammad like he could have. He didn't say anything about Elijah's trying to kill him or anything that was going on. He he didn't really want to split the, the nation of Islam completely. Um, what he did is he came up with a plan to kind of internationalize the civil rights movement, Bill, and kind of rename it as the, the human rights movement, okay, enlisting the support of all these African countries that he was talking to the leaders from. Okay. And the next thing he did, Bill, and this frightened the uh, uh, national security status, um, he reached out to, to Martin Luther King. And 
this actually struck fear in the heart of, you know, the FBI, the CIA. Because Martin Luther King never approved of Malcolm's stance because he was not violent, Bill. And he right. didn't approve a lot of the rhetoric. And, and so this was actually the, the first time and only time that they would meet was March 26, 1964. Martin Luther King and Malcolm X me. And Bill, you could just imagine the shockwaves, you know, from Jagger Hoover to Richard Helms. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys now have ramped up their their efforts against Malcolm X. Well, let's let's take a step back if we could for a second, Sean, sure. because I, I want to make sure people understand the differences between Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. Malcolm X believed in segregation. Right. He wanted separate he wanted separation between black people and white people and obviously martin luther king did not he believed we were all equal we should live together we should live as equals and so that was a big that was a big line of demarcation between the two of them um one of the other things i wanted to mention shauna and i don't know if you're going to get to this is one of the reasons why malcolm x left the nation of islam is because he became kind of disillusioned with them. Well, I did right? mention that, Bill. That's why I said, like, he did, He felt that they, you know, they they talked a big game. Right, but you know? they also had a lot of beliefs, a lot of ideals that they preached, particularly um, Elijah Muhammad. Right. And one of them was, you know, no uh, no sex uh, sexual relations outside of marriage. Right. You weren't supposed to drink, you weren't supposed to smoke. And, and he found out that Elijah Muhammad was doing a lot of these things that he was preaching against. He sure, was, and, and that's where the FBI really ramped it up, Bill, where they even made it, exaggerated that even more, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of to spread the split between, make the split between Elijah Muhammad and Malcolm X wider. Right, right. Yeah, and so I, you know, just, I just wanted to add a little bit of detail to that, Sean, just, just to give people a... Well, no, that's important, Bill, but I think, you know, Malcolm's, Malcolm's uh, you know, his once he leaves the Nation of Islam, Bill, his thinking, though, kind of changes, Bill. Sure, yes. He starts to look at this as a whole international problem, and, you know, not just, you know, the African nations, but I think, you know, the poor white people, too. Like, I think his thinking changes, Bill. I think his whole idea changes, and again, like you said... Um, about Elijah Muhammad, but the FBI actually, with COINTELPRO, they were actually sending fake letters to Elijah, um, accusing him of these affairs, Bill, and saying they were from Malcolm, and they weren't, Bill. Hmm. But this is what the FBI does, you know? The FBI was sending, so now Elijah, uh, you know, the split is becoming really bad between them. You know, and and FBI bug, because they're bugging Elijah Muhammad and Malcolm X. So an FBI bug picks up Elijah Muhammad saying Malcolm X is is like a Judas at the Last Supper. Okay, and now they know, you know, that, you know, Elijah's going to try to take him out and they're going to try to help him. Okay, so what happens now, Bill, is Malcolm X takes his his, uh, pilgrimage to Mecca. Okay, and this is where, like, he kind of changes his thinking, Bill. This is after this this, uh, trip to Mecca. He really changes, Bill. And he meets with leaders like the Kruma from Ghana. He goes to Egypt. Uh, Nasser's there. You know, we talked about Kennedy's relationship with Nasser. Uh, Lebanon, Nigeria, Morocco, Algeria, which always try to fight their independence from France. Um, so while he's over there, the, the Bossy, the New York police uh, intelligence, goes to work with the COINTELPRO. And they're, 
they're hammering Malcolm's organization back at the home front. And, you know, they're, they're, what they do is there's a detective that's um, put on Malcolm X uh, named Tony Yu, and he would retire Bill and become Nixon's Richard Nixon's uh, private investigator. And he'd be involved in Watergate. We actually never got to, to mention him in, in the episodes we did on Watergate, but mm-hmm. uh, Tony Yu would put an infiltrator named Gene Roberts in Malcolm X's security detail. And this is a typical tactic of COINTELPRO. And Roberts was fresh out of the Navy. He's recruited by Tony Yu, passes the police exam, and then he's put undercover. Um, so all this is going on, Bill, while Malcolm is in, you know, on his on his trip. He's he's in Africa, and the CIA puts him under constant surveillance, Bill. Okay. And then when he's in Egypt, okay, he's having dinner one night. And Malcolm X gets sick and he gets rushed to the hospital. Okay. Now, Malcolm said he noticed the waiter and he seen the waiter like almost like he was following him around. And when he got to the hospital, Bill, it was determined that Malcolm was poisoned and his stomach had to be pumped. So they tried to kill him when he was in Egypt. Yeah. You know, and it was Nasser's people that, that saved them and got him to the hospital, got his stomach pumped. But Malcolm X would say, you know, after this, he said, America's rulers see me bringing more, uh, bring more dangerous. And I feel in my bones that the plots to kill me are being hatched at high places. And the trigger men would only be doing what they're paid to do. So basically, he's saying, Bill, you know, even though he knows the nation of Islam is trying to kill him, there's other forces out there that's that's trying to kill him as well. And he knows they're in high places, you know, inside the U.S. government. And this is in 64, right, Sean? This yes. Is- yes. Okay. So there's a memo sent to uh, uh, Richard Helms from Jagger Hoover, like he, he did this before, and he claiming that um, an informant said that extreme groups um, are being funded by African countries and they're causing the recent riots in the U.S. And these groups are, are being led by Malcolm X. Now, um, Helms discusses this matter with President Johnson, okay, and he asked Hoover to get more information on it. Now, this was all nonsense, Bill. This was all BS from Jager Hoover, um, instigating trouble like he does. And then back on the home front, Bill, a name that I'm sure you're familiar with, Louis Farrakhan. Yep. Um, he says, he says a quote: "If we dealt with him, meaning Malcolm X, like a nation deals with a traitor, then what the hell business of it is is it of yours?" Um, so you can see, Bill, the, the tensions getting, uh, on the home front here in America, and they're also trying to kill him overseas. And the next trip on Malcolm's, uh, plans was he was supposed to go to France, Bill. And we talked a lot about France, Bill. we talked about the OAS and how they were funded by Dulles and they were trying to take out the Gaul in France because, um, the Gaul was supportive of Algeria, Algeria getting their independence from France. So when Malcolm goes to France, he stopped at the airport on de Gaulle's orders, Bill, okay? And he's barred from entry into the country. And he's really shocked at this because he didn't expect this from France. And he's like, what the hell is going on? Like, why would they do this? But what happened, Bill, is French intelligence, which I have to say is is pretty good. De Gaulle's intelligence was, was always pretty good. They learned that the CIA was planning to kill Malcolm X overseas and that they were behind the the attempted poisoning in Egypt. 
and that they were going to kill Malcolm X in France. So the Gaul stopped Malcolm from entering the country in order to stop the hit bill. Okay. And yeah, so that's why he was, that's why he was barred entry into the country. Yeah. And we also know from declassified documents and stuff, Bill, we now know that Hoover was sending all of Malcolm's travel plans when he was overseas, Bill, to Richard Helms at the CIA, okay, and to Army and Navy intelligence and Air Force counterintelligence. And they were all monitoring Malcolm's every movement overseas, Billy. So before, (laughs) go ahead, Billy. Can I stop you? All right. So, all right. So de Gaulle refuses to let Malcolm X into the country because he find he learns of the, I know what you're going to say go ahead though well yeah i mean what i'm going to say is why why wouldn't he protect him why wouldn't he well here's the problem bill de gaulle at this point i think de gaulle understood that the cia took out kennedy okay he understood that because we talked about on the question episode about the guy sutre that was in dallas probably could have been one of the assassins a member that OAS and yeah. de Gaulle realizes, Bill, you know, that those forces were, were actually all coming from Alan Dulles in the CIA. And he realized that, you know, he, he, what, you know, I don't know what you, you wanted him to do, like he, letting him in the country, Bill. I don't think he could have, he, he figured he could have stopped the assassination by letting him in. And then after that, I know what you're thinking. Why didn't he inform somebody? about what happened but who who could he possibly trust bill who's he going to inform the cia and the fbi that's that we know are in on it mm-hmm. you see what i'm saying now did he reach out to any of malcolm's people i don't know that bill i don't know but but malcolm didn't realize what happened so i'm thinking no so i guess so he, you know, essentially what he's what the gall is saying is this might happen, but it's not going to happen in my country. Yeah, that's pretty much. I, I know what you're saying, but I don't know the whole entire backstory of what the gall actually. I don't know. Like, I don't want to put the man down and say he didn't do nothing, but just make sure it didn't happen in his country. I don't know what else he did, Bill. I don't have all that information, um, but I know he didn't trust, you know, the CIA, the FBI to give them that information. Did he give somebody in Malcolm's inner circle? I don't know, because I don't know if he thought maybe he couldn't trust people in his inner circle, Bill. Yeah, I, I really don't know, you know, but I know he that's the reason why he, he, you know, prevented him from entering his country, though. Right. Right. OK. So, I mean, I'll look into that more, Billy. But as far as I've never seen any documentation about what what else the gall actually did. You know, yeah. So let's get to the actual assassination. bill. so February 21st, uh, 1965, Malcolm's assassinated. OK. And. Um, it was there was five hitmen, Nation Islam uh, hitmen, that entered the ballroom, and security is, is really lax that day, Bill. It's like in all these cases, Bill. It's like the JFK thing all over again. Uh, there's there's no there was only one guy, uh, NYPD there. And there's no protection for for Malcolm outside of his own inner circle, and then you have one guy distracts, creating a diversion. Okay, and. Um, it, and it was that he was pretend, he was saying that somebody was picking his pocket and then he, he started yelling. Then all of a sudden he throws a smoke bomb and then three shooters start firing at Malcolm X and four to five escape bill. OK, and would never serve a day in jail. Um, Gene Roberts, the, the guy they put in as an infiltrator, and he would actually come to respect Malcolm Bill. 
Okay. And he recognizes, you know, this is happening because he saw this a week before, Bill, the same scenario play out. And it was a dry run that this guy was pretending he's getting pickpocketed and he started this distraction. So he sees this, sees what's happening. And again, against his orders, he, cause he came to respect Malcolm. He's trying to stop this, but it, it's, it's too late, Bill. There's nothing he could do. And, um, one of the shooters, uh, Thomas Herrer, is shot, and then he's beaten by the crowd, and he's cop bill. Mm-hmm. Now, there was one NYPD police officer stationed outside here, Bill, one. How can you tell me that's protection for a man who's been – his house was firebombed. He used constant threats of, of, of uh, killing the man, and they have one police officer stationed? Or I thought I had read somewhere that there were undercover cops inside. Well, the, the only bill, the only undercover that I'm aware of is this guy Roberts that they put in as an infiltrator. Hmm. I mean, any undercover cops bill was working probably for Bossy, and Bossy is is really getting their, you know, they're they're getting their information and orders really from the CIA. Yeah. So if there was any undercover, they're probably in on the plot, Bill. Okay. And let's also add to this, Sean. This was right in front of his wife and his kids as yes, well. Absolutely. Malcolm, absolutely. His family, his entire family was there and there. watched him die. Watched him die. And then, you know, Roberts tried to save his life, Bill. And then he would actually be bitched out by his supervisors. If you could believe that bill for trying to do that. <sighs> yeah. And in here, and, uh, uh, two other men were tried for the murder bill, but now, and you could get to this bill. If you want to speak on this, uh, Norman Butler and, and Thomas Johnson, um, Hare would later say that they had nothing to do with the plot. So they were completely innocent, but they were railroaded. And all three were convicted, Bill. But um, here's the thing, Bill, is it drives me crazy when they say, you know, they, they lump Malcolm in with the other lone gunman assassinations. How can be a lone gunman if there's three men sitting in prison? I mean, what's the definition of a conspiracy, Bill? Two or more people acting together. Right. So you want to speak on the the two bill the two that were innocent? Well, they were they were exonerated in 2021, I right. believe, and then actually were paid uh, 26 million dollars. I believe this was last year. Uh, but, you know, they they had obviously there were lawsuits filed against uh, against New York City. Well, they weren't and, even there, Bill. Right and right exactly, and they spent 20, each each of them spent more than 20 years in prison. For a crime that they had right. nothing to do. With. Well, I, I mean, at least were. Yeah, you're right, Sean. They weren't there. Yeah. No, they had nothing to do with this. And and right. Hare would later say that, you know. Right. Um, and then that night, Bill, they they would, you know, clean up the crime scene as quick as could be. And they had a ballroom. They had a dance there, Bill, for like it was like for George Washington or something like that at that night. And they had all these you know rich people come in and they had this big ballroom dance there. For for George Washington, you know, right? That. That's yeah. that's unbelievable. That's well, unbelievable. Now, now, Sean, let me ask you: What do you think about? Do you think that Farrakhan had anything to do with uh, with the assassination? Oh, I, I probably, yeah, probably. I mean, I think you know, like I said, I like I I agree with what Jim Douglas said. Where the three circles of power, Bill, you know, the 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 closest circle is the nation of Islam, and then you have the bossy little on the outside, and then you have the CIA and the FBI in the shadows, you know, and they're all, all of them working and one goal, one objective to take Malcolm out, Bill. And you got to look at, you got to look at the nation of Islam kind of like 
you know, the mob was used to take out Fidel Castro, you know, yeah. or the, the Cubans, the anti-Castro Cubans were used in the JFK assassination. You know, they're, they're, they're working for the CIA. Right. You know? And, and this guy, Roberts, who's the infiltrator, he was kind of used like Mara McCullough was used in the Martin Luther King assassination, who was put undercover. You know, and this is how the CIA and the FBI, they, they operated, you know, and they, they, you know, they try to take Malcolm out in Egypt. They try to take him out in France, you know, and his association with Nasser and Sukarno and reaching out to Martin Luther King. And, you know, this is what made them a threat. And in the killing machine that Dulles created, Bill, was now killing U.S. citizens. Because, you know, you got to trace this back to that killing machine that, that Dulles created in the regime change operation he, he's conducted all over the world. Right. And it's U.S. citizens that he himself, Alan Dulles, essentially deemed to be national security threats. That's correct. And, and That's national correct. security threat is essentially, you know, it's it's. His definition of a national His definition. Right. It's right. not the mafia. It's not the Ku Klux Klan. It's, you know, civil rights groups. It's women right to vote groups. You know, it's uh, in the, uh, Native American historical groups. These are the groups he considered, you know, national security threats, Bill. And, and the one thing I want to say, Bill, the COINTELPRO operation, even if they use that against the mafia, I would still sit here and say, that's Ron. Like all the tactics is illegal, Bill. Everything they did in there was illegal. So even if they use that against a group that clearly is a national security threat, because um, the mafia is, Bill, there's no way around it. I mean, they're controlling industries like the concrete industry. They're controlling unions. I mean, they're a legitimate threat. But even if if they used COINTELPRO against the mafia, I would still sit here and say, you know, it's it's not right. And Rico was was sort of like that. Rico well, was- Rico, I, I I disagree, but I don't think Rico was like COINTELPRO because Rico Rico became what it became. Bill, it gave them, it, it gave it, it was became the law. Bill, so it was a legal thing that connected uh, where the bosses of the mafia, who were actually not out committing the crimes, but they were profiting from the crimes, they were directing right. the traffic. They would now be able to be tried by being associated with the people working for them, like the underboss and the, the captains and the soldiers. So in that sense, also, go ahead. It Bill. also gave them more flexibility to, to, you know, uh, surveil and, and bug places and use that against them and, and um, you know, use their own people. Well, again, again, though, Bill, they're doing it legally, though. They're getting a wiretap order from a judge. They're not illegally wiretapping people like COINTELPRO was. They're not sending in infiltrators to, to start trouble inside the mob and, and start wars inside the mob, which essentially well, they, is what they were doing with, with Nation Islam. Right. But they were they were flipping guys. They're flipping guys, though, Bill. But I mean, you know, they're 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 doing it like the RICO is legal, Bill. Like the Rico allowed them to, you know, attack, go after the people at the top that were basically untouchable. Right. But at the time, it was controversial. Well, I guess, it, yeah, you could say it's controversial. Unconstitutional. Well, just, I look no. at it right now. Do you really think it's unconstitutional? I, not, I mean, I mean, not today. I'm considering all considering everything that we've gone through since then. 
um, you know, the Patriot Act and all that stuff. But no, I mean, at the time it was controversial. They I think were- we should do a show on Cointel Proto, Bill, like just the whole show. Because like, Bill, when they're they're sending uh, letters to Martin Luther King saying, you know, we're going to expose you for cheating on your wife unless you commit suicide. Or they're sending letters to Elijah Muhammad saying that Malcolm's Malcolm's saying they're from Malcolm's threatening that, you know, he's having affairs with his secretaries and stuff like all kind of that stuff, Bill, is totally different from Rico. I mean, you know, they're, they didn't do that against the mafia. They didn't try to start, you know, dissension in the ranks, which would have led to war and, and people killed in the street. Uh, and, and like I said, if they did, if they used COINTELPRO against the mafia, I still would sit here and say that's wrong. You know, but I, 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 I think Rico, and I get what you're saying, Bill. It was controversial at the time, and I know a lot of lawyers, especially mob lawyers and defendants, and you know, they're not going to like it. Right. But again, when I look at it, I don't think it's unconstitutional at all, because there's no other way to get oh, I the agree guys at you. the top, Bill. I totally agree with you. And you're right. I think we do need to do a show on, on uh, COINTELPRO because I don't understand. I, you understand it a lot better than I do. So I think that that would be a good idea. Well, for- just sum it up real quick for, for you and the listeners, Bill, but we're, we'll definitely do a show. But it, it basically used any tactic that Jagger Hoover felt was necessary. And he gave you know William Sullivan the means to destroy these groups that he said was national security threats. So even if they had to use assassination, but whatever. And, you know, we'll do a short on the road on Freddie Hampton, Bill, and the Black Panthers, uh, what mm-hmm. COINTELPRO did to them, because they basically dismantled the Panthers. You know, and, and just the entire COINTELPRO operation was illegal. It was totally illegal, Bill. Yeah. All right. And for that, for the uh, the listener who wanted us to argue more, there you go. There we go. We'll get to that, Billy. We'll get to that later. But yeah, there's some listeners like that, Bill. But hey, I do see what you're saying, Bill. I understand, you know, Rico was controversial at the time and, and stuff. But I, I think if you really understand COINTELPRO and then you really understand Rico, they're two totally different things. Yeah. Okay. Totally different, Bill. All right. So that's it, Billy. Another, you know, like I said, another shit show, another garbage uh, report coming from the government. Yeah. Witnessing people sitting in jail, you know, and this is where we are, Bill. And over over 20 years of their lives just gone because of this. <clears throat> and yep. then, of course, Malcolm X, his his life was over. His kids, you know, they had to live with that the rest of their lives. Uh, seeing their father die and, and living without him. Just unbelievable. And, you know, Bill, you brought a great point up on De Gaulle. And I'll, I'll reach out to Lisa Peace and uh, see if we could get some information on what, what more did De Gaulle do? You know, yeah. Because that's a great question, Bill. Did he just make sure Malcolm did, didn't get in his country so the assassination wouldn't happen on his soil? And then he did nothing else? You know, because I think that's really important to, to see what his thinking was. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know if we could find the answer to that, because like I said, De Gaulle, you know, his intelligence is really good. And a lot of stuff he wanted to keep hidden or probably still hidden. So I don't know what we'll find out about that. It's it's interesting. Yeah, I'd, I'd really like to know more about that. Definitely. If there's information to know, I'd like to know it. Yeah. Well, if there is, I'm sure Lisa Peace and, and Jim Theogenio and maybe Rick Otto, you know, we'll get him involved, see if they know anything. Yeah. Well, but that's a great question, Billy. Get them on the show and and. Maybe have a have a discussion about that. All right, buddy. Anything else before we wrap it? 
No, I think I think we covered it. I think this was a good a good episode. Um, you know, it's it's again, it's one of those topics that doesn't come up all that much. I know it it came up quite a bit uh, when you know when Spike Lee came out with his movie Malcolm X. It was a hot topic, and then um, you know as the years have gone by, it's kind of it's been hit and miss. And you know, sometimes you hear about it, and, and then it just goes away for a long time. But uh, you know, we we keep these keep the conversation going because we just don't have these people anymore. We don't have anybody who who is passionate. We don't have these these leaders who come forward and and lead and actually want to change the world. That just that doesn't happen anymore. And I think it's important that we keep that you know we keep their memories alive. We keep talking about the ones that did. And Bill, just one thing you mentioned the movie. Uh, I mean, Denzel is Denzel. Everybody knows that. But the one movie that I think portrayed Malcolm the best, uh, there's a movie. It was on Netflix, Bill. Uh, I think it was called One Night Miami. And it was about uh, Malcolm X, Jim Brown, Muhammad Ali and Sam Cooke got together in a hotel room. Did you ever see that? I never saw that, Sean. I need to watch that. Oh, Billy, it's tremendous. I have to watch that. I can't believe I haven't watched it yet. But I will. Now, to I, me, the guy that played Malcolm in that was yeah. unbelievable. He played Malcolm spot on. And, you know, I'm probably in a minority, but I think he played him better than Denzel did. And I, I think, think that I was think really Denzel great. Denzel won, won an Academy Award, right? I know, Bill, but I'm just telling you my opinion, buddy. <laughs> no, I you know. I'm, I'm just I'm telling you my opinion. opinion. I said that's I why I said I'm in the minority here, Bill. <laughs> let, me, let me hang on a second. Let me pull that up real quick. Probably did. Uh, let me see what what is it one one night in Miami right all right hang on let me pull that up where where did I go here it's really Kingsley just tremendous ben, Kingsley Benadier yeah I'm not familiar with him I don't know him I I don't know what what else he's been in but, but Billy, uh, he was fantastic oh you know what he yeah. was in a show he's been in a couple of shows that I've seen on on Netflix the OA which okay. is a really interesting show um, it's weird really weird if you're interested it's called the OA. I think it's only one season, but uh, that's a good one. And then he's also in Peaky Blinders, which was which was a good show. So yeah, I never got into Peaky Blinders. Everybody told me, you know, because it was Irish and stuff, you should watch it. I just I, I tried watching it. I just could never get into it, buddy. You know who's really good in, in Peaky Blinders is um, Murphy. Uh, what's that? Is it Murphy in that? Yeah, he's a killing Murphy. But um, there's a there's a. A guy, I can never remember names anymore, Sean. My memory is. Well, you're getting old, Billy. I am old. Tom Hardy. <laughs> Hardy, Tom Hardy, yeah. He played Bane, buddy. He and played Alfie, Alfie Solomons in Peaky Blinder. He is, I really think Tom Hardy is one of the best actors. Oh, I agree with you. He's and fantastic. I think Murphy is too, though. Hardy he and Murphy is. are great. That's why I was surprised Like I, I couldn't get into the show, Bill. But I just, I, I don't know, it just it didn't do anything for me. And then Paul Anderson, who plays Arthur, it's just a great. Sh- I don't know, Sean. I watched it with with the subtitles. I don't know maybe that helped me because I couldn't understand. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to understand half of what they were saying. Um, maybe I'll give it another shot. Yeah, give it a shot. I really enjoyed it. All right, uh, we're way we're way off topic. Yeah, <laughs> you got off the rails, Billy. I went off the rails this time. Yeah. All right, Sean, we're gonna wrap it up. But uh, good episode. Great, great job. Um, and make sure that you go to our website, that's enough at you.com. Go to our Patreon 
and uh, help us out if you can. Anything is appreciated. All so right. Sh- that's enough out of you. Good night, everybody. All right.